2: This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Full studio today on the game day eve. Zach Blackerby, Painter Sharpless, Tom Green, and Michael Pappas. Michael, you're so far from me because this studio desk is ginormous. But yeah, you, you can kind of feel it in the air. Everybody seems to kind of be getting ready to... Go out of town, Tom. I know you're going down there to to cover it. Painter, you're going as well, right?
3: I was going to, but then my cousin got married, oh, and you're breaking so my heart, Painter. I will be going north of Memphis. So the just the other direction altogether. Yeah. Yes. So it, originally but he yes. got married,
2: or you're, he's going to get married, and you're
3: going to the wedding. Going to the wedding on Saturday, so we're driving up for, for the rehearsal
0: Friday, and then coming back Sunday. Your cousin is getting married. On the first Saturday in October.
3: So I'm a little surprised by this too, because him and the the lovely bride to be, who I think highly of, are both Ole Miss grads. And so I'm I'm I guess they've just given up because I would, would figure that they would not have cared to do it during this time either.
2: Well, you know, my cousin, or I guess Leah's cousin, got married during the Auburn A&M game, and like they walked out to the, the Auburn fight song, and I'm like, you don't care that much, or you wouldn't have gotten married on a game day. <laughs> like, Yeah, uh, I I'm agree. Like, I, I, and me, and, uh, me and my buddy, I, you guys know AJ. You guys met him at the, the fantasy yeah. draft, but I'm just like, well, this is weird to me, but whatever. So, Tom, we figured you would be the perfect guest today. For a number of reasons. <laughs> for, for, yeah, one, because you're, you're a genius, for one. Two, the words that you put on the page... Sing to me. And three, you cover a, Auburn. Are they a good singing? Oh, yeah. Like, like angels. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And then you, obviously you cover Auburn for AL.com. And then you went to Florida. That I did.
1: I am a secret undercover double spy.
2: Not so or
3: secret anymore. Like that. Yeah. That's what Ben Woke was. Is it possible that Tom is softer spoken
2: than I am? Neither of you were loud. That's for sure. Sometimes oh, I can be I, loud. Oh, really? Okay. But yeah, Tom. So, what are you expecting from this matchup? Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, obviously, you, you cover Auburn a lot closer than you do Florida now. But w- what are your thoughts going into this game?
1: I, I well, first off, I'm excited to see this long, long time old rivalry get renewed, even if it's just for one year. I know the SEC scheduling has it kind of messed up, and it's pods, baby. Bring me the yes, pods. Bring us it's, the pods. If there's a solution. Yes, there's a very feasible solution that would make everybody happy. But no, I'm, I'm A, excited to see these two teams play because they haven't played in eight years. Auburn hasn't been down there in, a, in 12 years since my freshman year at Florida. Were you at that game? No, I was not. It was actually my roommate's birthday that night. We were having a party for him at a friend's apartment. I think Need- it's cool that you remember that. Yeah, needless to say, when West Byram hit that field goal, it kind of dulled everybody's mood. Um, I was at Alex Clinner's house
3: on North College. Where were you?
2: I was at my grandma's house.
3: Michael, what were you doing in Texas? I was 11. (laughs) Taking sweet pictures in that locker room.
4: (laughs) The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: But yeah, obviously uh, a lot of excitement about this rivalry. And it seems like that's a a two-sided thing. I mean, it seems like Florida folks want to play Auburn more. Auburn folks want to play Florida more. But I I was talking with Michael about this before we turned the microphones on earlier this morning, Tom. And my thing is looking at this, I don't know where Florida has the edge. Other than it being in the swamp, that's the only thing I can really come up with. Yeah, I'm not
1: sure Florida has a big advantage in this game. I think the most compelling uh, battle right there is going to be Florida's pass rush against Auburn's offensive line. Okay, Auburn's offensive line has improved a lot as the season's gone on. Sure, But Florida's got some really good edge rushers. Obviously, they lead the nation in sacks. It's going to be a big test for that offensive line, especially the two tackles with uh, Prince Tega and Jack Driscoll.
0: You brought up the sack numbers. Do you think those sack numbers really tell the whole story? I kind of feel this way a lot with the Florida defense. You know, statistically, they're one of the best in the country in almost everything. But in that Miami game, they had 10 sacks against an offensive line that started two freshman tackles and, and was obviously overmatched. And then in Florida's only game against a real opponent against Kentucky,
1: they only got one yeah I mean absolutely the the numbers don't tell the full story Florida hasn't had the type of schedule that Auburn's played yet they haven't had those type of tests but they do have talent on that defense and Todd Grantham is very aggressive and he's going to try to go
2: after Bo Nix I mean is that the answer if you're Florida is that how you have to figure out you got to out scheme Malzahn if you're Todd Grantham I mean as far as confusing a young quarterback on the road that's that's got to be their play, right? Oh, oh, absolutely.
1: It has to. I mean, you need to make him uncomfortable. I mean, like, like we said, it's already going to be a raucous environment. It's going to be like nothing that Bo Nix has seen yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Texas A&M has a great crowd. That stadium is beautiful. But that place is not loud, even with 102,000 people in it.
2: it it's got to be a good stepping stone, though. I mean, at least he knows now that he can go on the road and, and win in the SEC. Oh, absolutely. To get two
1: wins away from home like he did, the Oregon one, to be able to orchestrate a second half comeback like that, and then the Texas A&M game to kind of be in control the whole game. Yeah. And for him especially, to to make that key run uh, late in the fourth quarter really seal the game and make sure Texas A&M couldn't try to rally there in the final minute. Um, No, that does wonders for his confidence, as does last week's game. I mean, that's the most complete performance we've seen from him. He was hitting everything, hitting intermediate routes across the field which i know fans loved to see and if they complete
2: one slant route a game i mean i think auburn fans would just be every week yeah beside themselves through the roof and we finally saw him accurate on those deep
1: balls and i think he's finally starting to get on get his timing down with anthony schwartz and i know that can be
2: difficult when you're dealing with the fastest
1: player in college football yeah
2: yeah tough to overthrow a guy like that but but he did he found a way But he yeah he, he nailed them uh, in the closing seconds of the first half against um oh my gosh I'm Mississippi blanking State. Mississippi State thank you yeah so obviously that that timing is is crucial over this past week I mean a big part of what you guys do as beat riders is, is find the story in this matchup what do you think the best story is going into this game
1: oh that's tough I mean I think there, there there's a handful sure I mean. Like, you said, like we discussed this is a rivalry game that hasn't been played in eight years I think that is certainly interesting especially given how many Florida kids are on this Auburn roster yeah I know our, our good friend Justin Ferguson wrote a really good piece about that this morning on The Athletic mm-hmm. about how guys like Javaris Davis and Jeremiah Denson were kind of the building blocks of what this defense is right now when Will Muschamp and Javaris Robinson brought them over sure and for those kids to get a chance to play against, you know, arguably the biggest program in their home state. I think that's huge for them. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously you, every week you're going to have a Bo Nick storyline. This one just happens to be, Hey, he's going back to the place where his dad had one of his shining moments in his career Mm -hmm. with with the next to Sanders pass. And he's coming off a performance that is very similar to the one his dad had the week prior. And, 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 and it was and against Mississippi State, also right? Against Mississippi State. That's yeah, wild. Um, and then I think just you know the the chess match between guys like Dan Mullen and Kevin Steele, who've gone head to head a few times in their career. I believe Steele's defenses have won three out of four, something okay. like that. Um, and obviously Malzahn and Grantham have you know they've crossed paths a lot. When you know Grantham was at Georgia, when he was at Louisville, Auburn played them in 2015. When he was at Mississippi State, and now when he's at Florida.
2: Um, so there's a lot of compelling storylines to go through here. Yeah, I love that. And the uh, the Bo and his father stuff. I mean, this is just wild. It's been such a short stint, but it seems like like you said, it, Tom. It seems like every week there there's something that ties what Bo is doing to what his father did, you know, several years ago. That's that's fascinating. I, I got a question for all three of you guys. What are the chances of this game just gets out of hand? I mean, similar to the Mississippi State, maybe not Auburn putting up 50 points, you know, with with a lot of time remaining, but. Whoa. I just kind of have a feeling that Auburn's going to run away with this one. I don't know if it's going to be as early as it was against Mississippi State putting up 21 points in you know, the first few minutes of the game. I don't know if it's going to be that. But I just, have, I just think there's a solid chance that Auburn really just takes care of business and gets out of there with a big win. I don't think that Mississippi State and Florida's
3: defenses are comparable. Now, I understand Michael's point, and it's a point that a lot of people are making, which is that Florida's defense has looked good, but the competition has looked average. And, you know, I think that this will be a telling test for Florida. Auburn, we probably have a little bit more of an idea about where they stand. I think it's more likely Auburn scores late in like a six, with a six-point lead and pushes this to double digits. I think that Mississippi State defense was bad and florida's is not and they have better athletes
0: with florida's seeming you know inability to tackle and their offensive lines struggle to uh block i mean to put it <laughs> mildly i uh <laughs> to do their job uh I, fans can I relate could, from watching last year's team yeah I, I could see this game game getting a little bit out of hand um I've heard some national people say things like that, basically speaking more positively about Florida's defense than Auburn's defense, because statistically Florida's defense is actually much better than Auburn's. But I think if you've watched these two teams play, I don't think you can watch and say that Florida's defense is actually significantly better than Auburn's. And, you know, this is going to be... Florida's first game against an elite defense and an above average offense really and and I just I expect Auburn to come out and and hit him in the mouth and I'm not super confident in Florida's ability to uh you know take some body blows and
1: rebound yeah Saturday night after that Mississippi State game a few of us were walking back to our cars uh, around midnight after leaving the stadium and I just turned uh I think it was Ferg and I go I think Auburn can take it to Florida. I haven't been overly impressed with Florida from what I have seen from them. Yeah. Um, I think, <clears throat> you know, they haven't played anybody too impressive and they haven't looked that great doing it. Um, and I, I just think, I mean, this Auburn defense is very good. Yeah. And that Florida offensive line is not that great. I would not be surprised if this game got a little out of hand. But I think my official prediction that I went with was a much closer game, like Auburn winning by one, maybe two scores.
2: Okay. Panel, let, let me ask you this because you you mentioned it kind of being close and maybe Auburn scoring late to make the game look like you know it was a wider margin than it actually was. Where, where how does Florida keep it close in your mind? I mean, what's what's the what's the scenario where that happens where you know Auburn and, and Florida are, are close until the closing minutes?
3: I expect Auburn to be the better team. I think the defense will not allow Florida to consistently sustain drives, but I can see Auburn turning the ball over. I can see Auburn missing some opportunities. I think Florida's really speedy, and because they've got good defensive backs, that can cover sideline to sideline as, as well as a, a small. I think one thing it will be an interesting matchup is to watch how well Auburn can run the ball with power, but Auburn's certainly going to continue to use sideline to sideline. I think Florida can keep up with some of that, and I don't know if Auburn's going to be able to simply pass over florida the way they could state i just think that state defense was pretty bad yeah and so i think florida's defense with you know i I don't think they're going to win the day but i think they're going to keep it close enough if auburn has a few turnovers isn't crisp this game stays close until late or at least while auburn may look like they're in control of the game it may not be a you know a 28 point blowout
4: NCAA Tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Tom, do you think this Auburn offense has kind of found its rhythm as far as how often they want to run, how often they want to pass? How often they want to pass downfield, pass behind a lot of scrimmage. I mean, do you think that mix, that balance has, have they kind of figured that out yet? Because against state, they didn't throw a whole lot of, you know, those quick screen passes that Malzon likes to call. You know, Eli Stove really wasn't that involved in the passing game. I mean, do, do you think we're going to see more of that moving forward, or do you think we're going to see kind of, you know, what we saw against Mississippi State? I think we'll see more of what we saw against Mississippi State just
1: because. I mean, a lot, a lot of those quick passes to Eli Stove that we talked about are kind of an extension of the run game. Yeah. And now they're getting that with Anthony Schwartz on those jet sweeps. I'm sure we'll see Eli Stove on some more of those sweeps too. Um, and even even some of them have been passes, the little quick shovel uh, fly sweep.
2: If I'm Bo Nix, I love those because it counts as a pass. It pads you your stats. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. It's great. I I don't agree with it being a pass. Sure. But that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, but no, I, th- I think the – the offense will look a lot more like it did against Mississippi State. I think Gus is starting to find his rhythm as a play caller mm-hmm. again after uh, stepping back from a couple of years. And again, Bo is building a solid rapport with his, his receiving core, which he couldn't do too much in the preseason. The coaching all staff them
3: is finding their stride with what Bo can and can't do. And I think that I'm, I'm really, I think if Auburn doesn't miss some opportunities, and against Mississippi State, it didn't miss many. Earlier in the season, especially on some of those shots from Bo, but I think even with some of the run game, there had been some opportunities for some bigger run plays, whether it was not looking in the right direction, taking the right hole, whether it was the improved blocking against Mississippi State. And again, I think State just didn't have a good defense, but I think that they're really, just like in 10, 13, and 17, Mm -hmm. hitting a stride with what they have offensively. It's starting to click. And Bo Nicks. Look comfortable enough in the Oregon game by now. He's starting to settle, I think, and this is a huge test because I think that they're better. They'll be better than Florida's defense ultimately, but playing in that environment, this is the biggest game they've had there since 2012. It's going to be a really fun atmosphere. It's gonna be. It's gonna be tough for him.
1: Yeah, and and this is one thing that Gus is done well when his offenses are good he's adapted the offense to fit what his quarterback is comfortable with and does well uh like Panther said we saw that in 10 we saw that in 13 and we saw that to an extent in 17 with jared stidham and each of those times it's taken three or four games to get it you know get it right and get a good feel for it and i think we're starting to see bo Nix, gus malzahn and just that entire offense hit its stride yeah, that I mean, will be a
3: big, big factor. Like I say he's got one of the best completion percentages in all of college football, and so trying to make him uncomfortable, just like they're going to try to do our quarterback. You know, I think that'll be a big factor in the game. And yeah, yeah, every week you can just sense You can sense it in practice. I mean, it's not just the games. In practice, you can sense uh, the awareness. We're trying to do a lot of carryover and trying to build upon things, and, you know, each week he feels more comfortable than you can add a few things uh, to that, and we're to a point now where, um, you know, he really feels more comfortable. Well, obviously, you know, we're going on the road this week. It's going to be probably the most hostile environment we've been in. It's going to be loud. We've been working crowd noise for six weeks, so hopefully that'll help. You know, prepare him. You know, for this environment.
2: You hear coaches talk about you know pumping in crowd noise and you kind of getting reps and communication. I wonder how effective that is as far as preparing. Because I, I, I understand the, the the point of that is to you're not going to be able to communicate when when you're. You know, playing in Gainesville or or whatever, but
3: I think simulating a hostile simulate like simulating that and and adding pressure to it, almost making the situation impossible, is more important than the actual crowd noise. Yeah, I, like making you feel so uncomfortable and that you know what you're doing in a practice is almost not possible to do, so that. When you're in a situation in the game, it's like well, we've been through really tough practice situations that are almost impossible. We can do this.
2: Yeah, it's like when you know there's going to be rain at kickoff, and you, like you just leave footballs like in a bucket of water, you know, all day, and like all right, if you could throw this and handle this, you could throw it in the rain or whatever. So I agree with that. But just the you know all of the sound that's probably being pumped into practice, I wonder how similar that is to just knowing you know there's thousands and thousands of people that just hate you for the, the next few hours. I mean, that's got to be different, right? Well, I know what it's like
1: for thousands and thousands of people to hate me (laughs) every day. Um, I am an AP poll voter. Um, (laughs) But, no, I'm I'm sure it's different. I was just going to say, I wonder if there's someone
0: whose job is to sit, like, in some sort of booth and change the crowd noise. Like, if Bo throws an incomplete pass in practice, do they change it to cheers? I hope so. And if he, like – like, if the defense forces a fumble, does it just go silent to, like – you know, we sit in here in our studio and we've got hotkeys like Painter just used to play the uh the Gus Mounds on audio. Like, do, do you think there's a guy whose job is to sit there with hotkeys and like turn on the booze
1: or like you it, think it's he, like have any of you guys watched basketball? Yes, uh, <laughs> where, where, you, where you're just there trying to psych out your opponent every time they <laughs> drop back to make a throw or something like that. Yeah. You just have some assisting coach like berating the quarterback the entire time just saying it shakes
2: his confidence now i'm picturing gus malzahn like on the phone with wide orbit setting up their hotkeys. <laughs> nerdy radio joke sorry about it that. it would not be Gus. <laughs> you're right about that that would last about two quick seconds tom you, you mentioned you're an ap voter where did you vote auburn do you, do you think auburn's right at that seven spot i believe i had them sixth okay my ballot. is it because you're a right. homer yes absolutely okay perfect no i
1: i just think you know, i think they should be
2: higher than seven for what yeah, it's worth.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, they have the best or one of the best resumes through the first full month of the I season. I don't know it's who, hard who to has argue. a better one. It, yeah, I, it's I, it's I mean, not
3: like the most impressive because I think Michael and I have talked about this. Like it, A&M is probably a solid team that will have five losses at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, so a- like, a- that's a- not going to a- age. And, yeah. and I think State's going to be probably a 10 to 14 team in the league. And I think, I think A&M will probably be the sixth best team in the league. But like right now, with the Oregon win sprinkled in, Outside of LSU's win against Texas, like what do you? I and mean, maybe Wisconsin just looking dominant.
1: Yeah, George, Georgia's win against Notre Dame. Yeah, you're That's right. That's a good one. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, but you know, I, I I think Auburn probably has the best resume so far this season on paper, um, at least at the time that those teams are playing. Um, but you know, I, I still think Clemson. I know that I know they didn't look great last week against UNC, but we've seen this from Clemson year after year. Right where they, they, they don't look great that first one of the season, then all of a sudden they just turn it on, and everybody's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there they are. Yeah, there they right. are. That's Clemson. I think, and
3: Georgia's sort of in that territory, too. Like, I know people weren't overly impressed with the Notre Dame win, but there was no point where Notre Dame was controlling that game. Georgia's going to get a lot better between now and the SEC championship game, and they really don't have anyone but maybe Florida to contend with, as long as they're not just horrible some Saturday.
1: Yeah, and then Alabama, obviously, has looked absolutely dominant. Um, Wisconsin has looked great. Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, Oklahoma oh, oh. and then Ohio and,
2: State. And Ohio State
1: have, have and a lot of those right. teams just
3: get the benefit of the doubt. Like Oklahoma, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson are four teams right now that until someone beats them, people are just going to. And then Wisconsin and Auburn and, and I think LSU to some extent are sort of on that fringe.
2: Assuming everyone wins, Tom. I mean, do you think another another ranked opponent? W- Another ranked win for Auburn if they beat a top 10 team on the road? And Do you think they have a chance to hop some of those teams in front of them?
1: Oh, yeah. I think if if they go down to the swamp and come out with a top 10 win on the road, their third ranked win away from home in, what, six weeks? Yeah. I think they'll be at least top five. I was going to say, I bet
3: they get to five.
1: At at least. If they look dominant and they mop the floor with Florida, I could see them going higher because I know there are – a lot of voters who have Auburn already in their top three or four, and some of them have ranked them number one just yeah, based off what three, they've done the first uh, month of the season.
0: Three voters ranked Auburn number one, and one of them was Florida's, Florida's AP Thule. voter. Yeah.
1: yeah, and and I don't I don't blame guys who do this, and just like you know, you have your preseason. Ballot, and then after the first couple of weeks, just do a complete reset based on who's been the most impressive instead of doing name recognition based off of meaningless preseason numbers. Yeah, um, I respect that. That's ballsy to do. Yeah, um, but you know, I definitely think that if Auburn goes in there and looks super impressive, that they they will jump at least two, three, maybe four spots.
2: Yeah, I, I said this earlier in the week, Tom. Would love your thoughts on it. But I think if the the college football playoff rankings came out this week, I think Auburn's in the top four. Oh, absolutely. You Absolutely.
1: agree? Yeah. No, like, like I said, their resume compared to anybody else's is just blows them out of the water right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- they're going to value that Oregon win so much. And, and I think Auburn can lose at LSU and they're still very much in it just because of their schedule. I mean, it's crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're going to find out a lot about this team the last month of the season. Yeah. you know, You're like right. I said, Still have LSU, still have Georgia and Alabama at home. And we know how crazy things can get in odd years.
2: I had a, I had two or three different listeners DM me on Twitter asking this question and I just we hadn't been able to get to it this week but would love all three of your thoughts on this guys and then we can wrap up the show but is Malzahn off of the hot seat now? There was a lot of talk about that going into the season. Almost certainly because I think he's like 9-3 and
3: was my prediction I think he's almost certain to get there. I think he'll beat Florida and I think it's likely he takes one of the three between LSU, Georgia and Alabama.
2: So you think 10-2 and
3: is very likely? I think it's pretty possible. Now it could go the opposite direction we've seen in the last few years splitting hairs gets Auburn eight wins instead of 10 mm-hmm. and so like you could still be looking at a scenario like that with Florida at Florida and then those three games yeah you know, I I don't think it's it's possible they could lose all four of those but I, I think that they, they beat it I, I think they get a big win on the road here and it sets them up nicely to win at least one of those three
0: yeah uh, absolutely not you don't think he's off the hot seat? No chance. All right, Auburn could still go seven and five this season. Mm-hmm. Like as good as they've looked, and as good as you know, th- as good as the team is, if Auburn goes to Florida this weekend and does not win, and then goes to LSU and does not win, and then loses to both Georgia and Alabama at home, and then loses the bowl game, they're seven and five, or eight and five. They're eight and five. I think you still five. have
3: to remember that they'd have to pay. More than twenty-five million dollars in a buyout, and that's better than thirty-two. But it's still an obscene amount of money.
2: But and, and how angry think the would mon-
0: the fan base be if you started five and zero and ended up and then finished the season three and five?
2: And I don't think money is necessarily the biggest issue here. I think the question is like, okay, who out there is better? But I, I really don't think they're going to run into that situation this offseason. I think he's really going to get it together. Tom, what are your thoughts?
1: I think that the way this team has looked so far has definitely quieted. The fire miles on crowd, but this being Auburn and how fickle some people can be if things start to look shaky, especially I was saying that last month of the season when they have LSU, Georgia, and Alabama, rumblings could happen again if things don't turn out great. But I think that he's done enough right now to at least quiet that crowd and buy himself some time. Yeah, and
3: if if the scenario goes nightmare and they are seven and five, yeah. then it's I I, I don't see it happening though. Like, right? I, 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 yeah. yeah. I think that's unlikely, but I guess that's, uh, that's a scenario that got Kevin Sumlin in some trouble where he would start off mm-hmm. great and then November would roll around. He'd lose most of his games. Yeah, just,
0: just to clarify, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he's going to get fired. But if Auburn does finish the season three and five. If everything just falls apart. I, yeah, yeah. Then, I, then I certainly think that, I mean, people will want his head.
1: Yeah. No, man, pick a side. Well, the question was, <laughs> is he on
0: the hot seat? My answer is yes, he's still on the hot seat. All right, well, I, mean, I don't and, think he's going to get fired. If,
1: if you're at Auburn and you're going, competing every year against Nick Saban's Alabama and you aren't putting together 9-10 wins, you're going to be on the hot seat. That's mm-hmm. just how it is because you're being compared fairly or unfairly to that standard. That well, I think it's unfair. Standard. I think
2: it's definitely yeah. an unfair standard, but... You know that going into it. Yeah. So he took the job anyway. Yeah, but the, the standard is you're not the best football coach of all, college football coach of all time. You didn't do well enough. We all in agreement Auburn wins tomorrow? Yep. Yes. yes. Yeah. Tom, thank you so much for your time, man. And uh, where, where can people get all of your coverage?
1: Uh, you can read all of my stories at al.com slash Auburn. You can follow me on Twitter at Tomas underscore verde. That is T O M A S underscore V E R D
2: E. Love it. Be safe uh, on your way to Gainesville, man. Thank you. Michael, where can people find and hear you? Uh, follow me on Twitter, at CouchPapTato. Paintor? 11-1 on the lunch break, Justin Ferguson and me. I'm at PaintSharpless. Yeah, and you'd be safe driving as well this weekend, bud. You can follow me on Twitter, at ZBlackerby. Follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnAuburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn podcast.
1: It's
0: the On Podcast Network, your team every day.